Welcome to Every Horror Movie on Netflix, the show where we watch and review and discuss every horror movie on Netflix. I am Chris, as always. I am here with Steven. Hello. And we are here with Christine. Hello. Uh, returning champion. Uh, Patrick has the week <laughs> off. He's uh, he's in the Big Easy, living the easy life down in, in New Orleans. Nolens. Nolens. <laughs> uh, and we are here... There's no jambalaya. There's no gumbo. There's no crawdads. There's no crawdads. There's no beignets. Super There's sad. There's no beignets. It's only Dark Skies, the movie that we are reviewing this week. But before we get into that, as always, you know, we like to do a little catch up on what we've been doing or watching or consuming that's been horror related outside of the show. It's October. Uh, I'm sure there's a lot going on. Maybe we should just lead with the the big news. Um, the, <laughs> the, the film everybody's talking about, Halloween Kills, it's here. Michael Myers is back. Or if we'll, you're, <laughs> we'll tell you whether it kills or not in a few moments. <laughs> Michael Myers is back, or The Shape, if you're one of those people. And... You know, listen, if you like this movie, God bless your heart. I'm not going to tell you you're wrong. I'm not going to tell you you're a bad horror fan. But I thought this was one of the worst movies I had seen in a theater. I was writhing in my chair. I couldn't wait for it to end. And I'm very disappointed because I liked the 2018 movie quite a bit. And this was a huge drop off for me. What do you think, Steven? Oh, I mean, exactly the same. We've we've spoken at length about it. Obviously, over text, we haven't been able to get into all the nuances, and we're certainly not going to do that here today. But my God, I, I also really enjoyed the 2018 film. Our listeners know I'm not a big fan of this franchise in general, but I thought that was a promising start, kind of wiping the slate clean, getting rid of Halloween 2 through everything else up to that point. And this was just such a letdown. It was so tedious. So many characters that nobody has talked about since the first film was in theaters that get full backstories, full character arcs. I don't think it's a spoiler to say that our heroine spends most of the movie in a hospital bed, and we all wanted to see her back kicking ass after the conclusion of the previous film. There's a lot of lazy comedy in it, which I'm coming to expect from David Gordon Green. It is excessively brutal in a way that I found upsetting because, you know, if we're hearkening back to just the first Halloween, that's a movie that's all on the craft level. It's all about subtlety. It's not about gore. And, I mean, in this movie, you it, you basically see everything you could possibly imagine Michael Myers doing in vivid detail. And I, I thought that was a huge disservice to the original film that it's supposed to be a continuation of. Yeah. I would, on our scale, I would give it a screw it. I would I would give it a screw it maybe a screw it with prejudice wow. and you know we, we, we sound stupid <laughs> saying oh it was too violent it was it was too violent I went to see the slasher movie I didn't know it was going to be violent and I know there's a lot of horror fans who who like the gore like the violence but for me the tone of it was wrong mm-hmm. I love I actually love the Rob Zombie Halloweens and those are ultra violent but I thought that it was I thought they were ultra violent for a clear reason and this I, I couldn't tell how I was supposed to feel about the violence uh, there's there's just you know old sweet old people getting their heads bashed in and oh explicit detail and I'm like yeah. And they, they <laughs> I- I introduce a gay couple only so they can die brutally. Oh. Yeah. Um, but I, you know, you raised a great point during our ongoing conversation about this the other day, Chris, that like in the Rob Zombie movies, which I also quite like, um, especially compared to the rest of the franchise, you don't want to see Michael kill. Yeah. And in this movie, for some reason, we the, the filmmakers want us to take glee in in the brutality of his very creative murders, and I just wasn't here for it. That's not my Michael. That's how it feels, and it's it's hard. It's hard to tell, and that's why I was so. That's why I had a problem with it because you can either have a slasher movie where you want to see Halloween kill, or you can do what Rob Zombie did, where it's like you don't want to see him kill because it's too too terrible. And this just can't seem to decide. And I was like, ah, I, I don't know how I feel about this, but not very good. One thing about it that intrigues me, though, if I, if I can say something positive about this movie, is that 
it does kind of give us a definitive answer of like what powers Michael Myers. And I, given the the information that we're given at the conclusion of this film, I honestly don't know how they can possibly pull off a satisfying conclusion to this trilogy. And I kind of can't wait to see what they try. Oh, I'm going to watch the next one for sure. I don't, I don't have a choice. Do we have a choice? I, I can't wait for the next one. <laughs> no, it's going to be great. It's going to be great. Um, we, we also have some other crossover. We watched the um, Joe Bob Briggs Halloween Hoedown. We did. We did. Uh, the films were, were Angel, which I had never seen and had heard very little about, and Terror Train. Angel is, was great. Terror Train bored me to, de- to death. Angel is fantastic. The young Hollywood uh, 15-year-old prostitute <laughs> who takes to the streets to pay her way through high school. <laughs> what? It sounded like such a trashy premise. I, I thought know. it was going to be in such poor taste. I thought it was just going to be the male gaze all over this thing and very exploitative. And it was surprisingly tasteful and heartfelt. And if anything, had a female <laughs> gaze, I thought. so. Yes. That was great. Terror Train kind of sucked. Um I got one more thing, and then, Christina, I want to hear what you've been up to. Yeah, we've been talking about all these movies that Christine hasn't seen. (laughs) Go ahead, Stephen. I'll I'll try and make it quick, but I always say that. Um, I saw this movie called the WNUF Halloween Special, which is on Shudder, and it's a movie that's been on the streaming services for a long time, and I kind of didn't know what it was. Like, is this an actual halloween special from the 90s or is it a you know jokey parody too many cooks style sort of thing and it turns out um that it's somewhere in the middle it is a very faithfully uh crafted reimagining of like a 90s local tv uh, halloween special you know so you're getting the news you're getting the weather you're getting the endless campaign ads and commercials for small businesses but also one of their anchors uh visits a haunted house and brings uh, a couple along with him who are very similar to the couple who inspired the conjuring movies they also have a cat that they believe is uh sentient in some way and and can uh can spot ghosts and it is just fucking delightful. It was released originally only on VHS, which sounds pretentious as hell, but that's how I'd want to see this because it looks so authentic. There are so few, there are maybe one or two moments where characters kind of, the actors kind of break and say something uh, funny that's winking at the audience. But for the for the most part, the humor is very organic. The commercials aren't jokey. They just looked like what commercials would look like in that era. And it just, I don't know, it, kind of, it brought me back to my childhood in a great way. So I highly recommend that. They can make it look like video without actually distributing it only on video. All they got to do is take the video and then import it back into the computer. Well, they did. It's still and- pretentious. Then put it on <laughs> DVD. Uh, they did that, and there's there's some great footage of, I mean, because seeing it digitally, it looks like it's on VHS, but I like that it was circulated as, like, this thing, like, you didn't know what, what it was, what you were going to see, you didn't know where it came from, who made it, you know, there's no credits at the end, I don't think, telling you who put this thing together, it just plays like a, like a straight, you know, something that somebody ripped off, and a great touch, last thing I'll say about this, um, is there it's there's kind of a story because it's clear that there's like a young kid watching this tape and fast forwarding through parts of it and it's really interesting <laughs> which parts he chooses to skip i'll just say that all right um, so, so that's the wnuf halloween special on shutter christine how is the spooky season treating you uh, christine it's halloween i know what are you doing for halloween mm-hmm. I am taking my kids around for Halloween. So my oldest, who just turned eight, he's going to be a ninja for the second year in a row. How can you go wrong with ninjas? And my youngest, who is a horror movie aficionado, is going to be Michael Myers. (laughs) He's going to be Halloween. He's going to be Halloween. But but you're not taking him to see Halloween kills. I'm not taking him to see Halloween (laughs) kills. I went back and forth. He wanted to see the first Halloween movie so bad. And I, I kind of talked it over with some, some uh, friends of mine who have kids. And some of them were like, oh, my God, what's wrong with you? Why would you even consider that? And then my best friend was like, yeah, it's basically just a thriller with boobs. <laughs> and I was <laughs> <Yeah>. like... <laughs> Not wrong. <laughs> I was like, okay. So my youngest, uh, we watched Halloween during the day. It was an afternoon. Um, I explained... Why? To- <laughs> Why don't you do it at night? <laughs> well... 
because our I'm going to push back on that. <laughs> we <laughs> we listen, we wanted to, but my oldest who is only two years older than my youngest, wanted to see it as well. And I was like, I don't think that's a good idea. I don't think we should do that. And he's like, no, I'm, I'll am i be fine. And I was like, I don't feel like you're going to be fine. So that's why we chose to watch it during the afternoon was to make sure that my oldest felt secure in watching it. Okay. Um, well, how'd they like it? <laughs> they think it was boring. <laughs> so Leo probably trailed off around the hour mark. And Leo's my youngest. And Harvey, the first thing I said was, hey, there's going to be there's going to be some nudity in here. So so just so you know. And he goes, what's nudity? And I said, well, it's it's naked bodies. And he, he looked at me and he smiled. And and I said, you know, it's not a big deal, you know, whatever. And then, of course, the first scene, you know, is with the babysitter. And he just looked at me and he just grinned. And he was just totally looking at those boobs. Uh, <laughs> but um, he he was like, okay, there's some killing in here. I'm not really interested in that. So he turned his... Uh, his attention to Roblox. But Leo is really, he's really into horror movies. We got some pumpkins to possibly carve, although I prefer they paint it because I'm actually allergic to pumpkin. But the other day, Leo comes up to me and he goes, all right, well, I need another person to, to draw on my pumpkin. And I was like, well, who'd you draw already? Michael Myers. And I said, well, what about Jason Voorhees? He said, I already did him. And I said, I said, well, what about Freddy? Yeah, I got him too. He's already on there. And I said, well, what about Pinhead? And he's like, yeah, I just drew Pinhead. <laughs> I was like, what? I was like, well, we got them all. <laughs> we got them all. Got How them. does he know about all of these icons of fright? Well, this is where I'm a really terrible mom to probably a lot of people. Other than the Halloween movie, which we watched together, so I could answer questions and get updates on how they were feeling about it. Um, they've never seen any of the other movies, but they have seen reactions and reviews on YouTube. Mm. So Leo knows all about, you know, like I've only seen the first Halloween movie, but he has been talking to me about how <laughs> he was telling me Michael got plugged in the crotch. And I was like, what the fuck? What does that mean? <laughs> Apparently there's a movie where he's been electrocuted in his crotch area. I don't know. I, I've never I, seen. I can't recall. I've never God, seen. We it. should know that, really, he, but I don't know. <laughs> he or maybe somewhere in the crotch area. He was also telling me about how Michael's cursed and how he was in a ba- trapped in a basement, and I mm-hmm. think there might have been a fire. I can't remember, yeah. and yeah. how he escaped that. And he, I'm like, I don't. I should know about this because I'm the adult, but I don't. Uh, Sorry, right. I'm sure none of those YouTubers have alt right views. <laughs> <laughs> this is fine. He's, but, he's but, it's probably going to be okay when he becomes an adult, right? But Christine, you, I remember you used to watch this stuff when you were very young too, yes. right? Yes. So, so, um, and you turned out okay. Mostly. Mostly okay. Yeah. I always say that, you know, my dad was, my dad was a truck driver. So when he would come home on the weekends, we would watch Steven Seagal strippers and machine guns. That's what I was raised on. Steven Seagal strippers and machine guns. Yeah. I remember um, (laughs) specifically, I remember you said you watched Predator at a very young age. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I did too. You know, my, my parents were very much like, I'm going to teach you that this is entertainment and this is fake. And this is art to some people. And you know what's right and wrong. And if you have questions, please ask. And that is how I'm raising my kids with everything. And I mean, our, our listeners can feel how they want about that. I think that's a great approach, though. I mean, it's, it's certainly better than just saying, you know, this this content is forbidden. Don't yeah. watch it until you go to a sleepover at your friend's house and, and binge watch the first five Freddy movies <laughs> <laughs> and then feel afraid to talk about it. <laughs> so, yeah, so that's uh, that is my Halloween. Oh, oh, this weekend I have been revisiting Art Bell Coast to Coast. Anybody? Oh my god! Yeah. Oh, all right, all right. Which sets? I it don't up. know what this oh, is. Oh my gosh! So he was um, a host on an AM program called Coast to Coast, where they talk about cryptozoology, aliens, stuff like that, and they have like like Bitcoin. Bitcoin. 
That's a bad I see joke. what you were doing there. <laughs> no, not cryptocurrency. Cryptozoology. Uh, so Bigfoot, Chupacabra, Loch Ness Monster, plus aliens, ghosts, paranormal stuff. Um, yeah. I just listened to a show of his now this was like super early 90s um i just listened to a show about the amity horrorville house amity house yeah whatever it's called um amityville horror amityville horrorville but i will watch a movie called amity horrorville (laughs) i'm sure asylum has made it in probably many sequels (laughs) but yeah uh and then i also listened to a few of his alien shows um unfortunately he has passed away Uh uh-huh but his shows are so, so good and so bad. He has a few shows that I was listening to where it was, um, it was open collar. <laughs> oh, those are the best. <laughs> I know. Those were my favorite yes. when I used to listen to this. People call in about the weirdest shit and he's super brutal with them. Like, it's interesting because a lot of people think he's a joke because he's really interested in this kind of stuff and he believes in it. But... When the real nuts call in, he's like, and we're not doing that. We're not talking about this. Or, you know, like, you're you're out of your mind. That doesn't exist. Blah, 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 blah. Um, so just really enjoyable um, and really ties into the movie that we watched uh, because of the whole, you know, alien thing. So Aliens. Yeah, aliens. good segue. Yeah. Like I said, we were, we're doing uh, Dark Skies this week. It is a 20... 13 film i believe mm-hmm. it's a it's a very familiar premise we've got a family living in the house in the suburbs we have mom we have dad we have two uh boys two little boys and they're living in domestic tranquility well actually they're not no in domestic not at, all. Tranquility <laughs> at all which is actually pretty important they have some domestic issues you know the finances aren't great their relationships aren't great but all that's kind of overshadowed by unexplained phenomena happening in the house and what the hell is going on and i mean is it is it too much of a spoiler to say right off the bat it's probably aliens (laughs) (laughs) it's yeah i mean it's probably aliens my big thing going into this you know assuming that was like are we gonna see aliens in this because that they they rarely go that far oh yeah they rarely go that far but we see an alien within i don't know maybe 40 40 minutes or so pretty early on yeah i mean here's then this is kind of the thing and this is why i like to go into these movies without reading the synopsis as often as i can which i've kind of gotten away from more recently but if you didn't know it was aliens you might think oh it's it's a shadow person i've seen this before Because we've seen shadow people, we've seen um, uh, little uh, slender, uh, dark ghouls that come out of your Polaroid camera before. <laughs> we've seen a lot of these these things, um, so you don't necessarily know it's aliens until you know you get to a point in the movie where someone goes on Google and they're like, "My God, this is alien <laughs> phenomena." <laughs> The premise of the movie, though, is this this family kind of reminded me of the Black Island sound, but not executed as well in terms of the character drama, because you have this sort of alien situation that's affecting them. But then they got their, you know, day to day struggles as well. You know, uh, how are they going to keep the lights on in the house? The two films are were very intertwined for me. I mean, not just because we just watched the Block Island Sound two weeks ago, and the and they're both about aliens, <laughs> um, but I I did see a lot of similar comparisons where in Blo- in the Block Island Sound I felt like the characters were more fully drawn and the drama was a lot more in involving than in this. It, it feels like we spend it an inordinate inordinate amount of time at the beginning of this movie, like expected to hope that the husband gets a job, which he seems incapable of doing. And that just wasn't that interesting to me. He was a dick. (laughs) He was a a dick. Yeah. And that, that first scene where um, they're in bed and Carrie Russell is, you know, going over her, her listing information because she's um, a realtor and he goes to like touch her when her work is just completely like spread out. Like she's obviously busy and -hmm. he goes to like romantically touch her and she's like, I really got to get this done. She's obviously has a lot of pressure on her because she's the only breadwinner right now and they have this huge house and they have two kids. Um, I'm sure all of that is extremely expensive and he gets pissed off at her for not wanting to fuck, which I was like, I fucking hate this guy. 
Yeah, I, I reacted strongly to that as well. Um, in addition, I mean, we can't we can't skate over the fact that she's she's a realtor in a long line of Amon realtors. Oh yeah, like what? <laughs> what is it about that profession and horror movies? I mean, how many you guys? How many realtors do you know in your your personal lives? Um, several. One. <laughs> oh, okay. I, I I feel like everybody. If you only know one realtor in your life, consider yourself lucky. Um, because I know one person who used to be a realtor and is no longer yeah that's but as close I, as it gets I, I mean i feel like it's a pretty common job or a pretty common second job or a pretty common job for someone you knew in high school and then you get the facebook request and you're like oh yeah it'd be good to reconnect oh no they're trying to get leads they're trying to get leads <laughs> it's, it's it's kind of exhausting how many friends i have that have gone to real estate but i think it works in in you know, films because it gives the characters, you know, the you, you can do more with a character that doesn't have a nine to five job, I think, where they have to be in a specific location. Not to say that being a realtor isn't a full time job, but, you know, it doesn't necessarily have office hours. So you can have, you know, right. the scene where the, the woman's home alone um, during the day right. and, and, and so on. Um, in in this movie, it also gives us another location. I guess that's one benefit to her being a realtor. We got a second house to play around and smoke well, weed and watch porn in. <laughs> yeah, well, well, I mean that's how we've seen it in other movies, right? Because you have the realtor, and then it's like the realtor's business cross paths with the house where the shit went down, or the the devil's at the door, or you know things like that. Mm-hmm. But yeah, and so yeah, my kind of issue early on was I was picking up what they were putting down with the family relationships, but it didn't seem very. It seemed kind of like a first draft. Like I was like, mm. these don't really feel like real people. They just kind of are, are communicating the information that I'm supposed to have about their relationships in kind yeah. of a, a, a broad way that didn't really feel natural, I guess. Lots of lots of movie moment conversations. And maybe it's because we're just coming off the Black Island Sound, not to be the dead horse, where all that stuff was a lot more nuanced. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're coming off a pretty high bar into this one. Um, this was a mainstream movie, though, right? Oh, yeah. yeah. This was in the theaters. I have yeah. a friend who actually saw it in the theater on a date <laughs> and remembers nothing about it. <laughs> I mean, we're <laughs> we'd be in good company. Um, yeah, this was. A, I mean, all things considered, this is a pretty big hit produced by Jason Blum and the Weinstein's. Well, they distributed it. I'm looking at the what Wikipedia tells me: budget of 3.5 million and box office of 27.8. And there I had, I don't even think I'd ever heard of this movie, but that's a that's a pretty big uh, swing for the fences there. Mm-hmm. Huh. Christine, I'm curious, as someone who is a parent of two young boys, what did you think of the relationship between the two brothers in this movie? Did it feel authentic to you? The love and care that they showed each other seemed completely out of character. (laughs) That's what I wanted to hear. Thank you. (laughs) Now, I will say that these two boys do have some years between them. My kids, for example, are like a year and a half apart. Um, So they may add a little more cattiness to my kids' dynamic, but especially brothers, they pick on each other absolutely constantly. And I don't know if maybe they are a little more apt to kind of care for each other a little bit more because their parents are fighting a lot because of the money situation um, mm-hmm. that maybe that would be an excuse to kind of band together a little bit more. But I thought that was a little stretched. <laughs> Did we, that, that brings up a good point. Did we ever get a scene where they talk about that, you know, in like realistic terms where older brother says to younger brother, like, Hey, you know, take it easy on dad, take it easy on mom. They're going through a lot right now. I feel like this movie needed that moment, and I, I don't recall it being there. Yeah, I don't think there was anything like that. It was just the well, walkie-talkie yeah. at night. Yeah, they were you comforting know. each other when mom and dad were fighting, but not really. Mm-hmm. I don't think the older brother was really providing much context. So, for the listeners, if you haven't seen the movie, there's a 13-year-old boy who I, I guess we should probably start using their names. Um, <laughs> let me, let me I mean, I'll have to up. look them up. I don't remember. <laughs> Can we just call them the the younger one and the older one? 
Yeah, all right. So let's just do sweet. that. So you have a, you have a thirteen year old boy who's kind of you know he he's kind of a shithead in the way that thirteen year olds can sometimes be. The way I was when I was thirteen, he's kind of a a, a contemporary answer to Edward Furlong, sort of. <laughs> <laughs> And then you have a, a younger boy who I'm really bad with child's ages. I would say what he's like eight, eight something like I would that. say seven, eight. Seven, I don't eight, know. Um, he he talks. His speech seems a little younger than that. I think that he probably is maybe in in real life at the time, but I think he's supposed to be a little bit younger than that. I would mm. say six. Well, he's like the poor man's Jacob Tremblay. And so you got the two of them, and they they are. They're really close, and they have this cute little thing they do at night where they they crawl into their beds, and there's, you know, instead of, you know, texting their classmates or watching PewDiePie videos, they're on their (laughs) walkie-talkies to each other, and they're saying, you know, uh, command shuttle the lunar control. Hey, are are you there? And they talk like they're in a Ray Bradbury novel, and they say, you know it's everything's gonna be okay just go to sleep oh my god i love you and that kind of stuff and it's very very heartwarming does it keep the aliens out absolutely not (laughs) and i guess this is you know god bless with block island sound i feel like there should have been a a, a crossover here though i feel like i i you take the block island sound and you take dark skies and you put them in a pot and mix them up and then you have a fucking movie i want the character stuff that was in that movie and i want to see some i want to see some aliens and we see some aliens in this movie and you know things start pretty um actually (laughs) eerily similar to the block island sound because you have like the refrigerator open in the middle of the night and the canned goods all over the room well you know what i think the the perfect intersection of these two movies god you'll probably disagree with me but i would say signs i still have a i have a great fondness for signs and like i feel like that i don't know how it holds up now but i've seen it at least 10 times most recent being like five years ago but like great family drama that's gripping you see some aliens they feel like a real threat they're actually scary and you continue to care about the family as they deal with the threat like that's how it's done people i totally agree i think signs is 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 maybe the greatest alien movie of all time in this category i'm so happy to hear that because i too love signs and i feel like everybody in the world hates signs it's i mean since we're talking horror um (laughs) it's I, i would say It's rare that I get scared during a horror film. Even when I was younger, I would get creeped out, but I wouldn't get, like, full-blown... The X-Files scared me more than anything. Yeah. But I was super young when that was on. Signs might be the scariest movie I've... I've, It might be the scaredest I've ever been in a theater. I'll say Mm. that. And I saw it at least twice in theaters and was equally scared both times knowing what was going to come. When you see that leg turn in the cornfield, you know, which is just a guy holding a prop leg with a handle on it... So ingenious, so fucking scary. So scary. And and I mean, who can forget the the birthday party? No, you can't. Broadcast, <laughs> you can't. I mean, I think what this movie needed, Dark Skies, is Joaquin Phoenix oh, yeah. just like selling the shit out of everything scary. Because I'm not even afraid, and I might have said this on the show before, I'm not even afraid of the alien in that image <laughs> as much as I am retroactively terrified when I see how scared Joaquin is. Um, and so we needed that in this movie because there's a part where he's watching the little camera and he sees an alien and he's like, is that an alien? No, I need him to be, I need him to, to do the Joaquin. Oh my God. Yeah. You're right. There was that moment. I mean, we also, it would have helped to just, I mean, one, obviously to have like more interesting characters, but for the dad, not to be such an asshole. Like, I didn't think he was an asshole. Oh, he was an asshole. I I felt like he was prickly. A little poorly developed. (laughs) Okay. Okay. I mean, I feel like we're saying the same thing. We both had a, a, a tepid at best response to him. Is that it, fair to say? It was one of those things where it's like, again, he didn't feel like a real character. So so to the extent that he was an asshole or causing strife, it felt like, you know, one of those things where it's just like, well, we want this conflict. So this character is never going to say what he's thinking or feeling. He's just going <laughs> to like, you know, escalate situations where like uh the wife is like look i solved the puzzle incontrovertibly it's aliens and he's like i don't want to look at that (laughs) (laughs) it's like okay uh what did y'all think of carrie russell in this movie 
This is this is the first thing I have ever seen her in. Christine and I were talking about that before the before you the show. Haven't Are, seen uh, Mission Impossible three. <laughs> oh yeah, I guess I have. Okay. Yeah. Come on, guys. I don't guys. remember Felicity. much about it. Felicity, she was Felicity. I never saw Felicity. I hear I a lot about her. I mean, I'm like, familiar with her from Felicity, but I never she, watched it. She's like got got her super fans, and I don't know. I thought she was great in this. I just don't feel like she was given a whole lot to work with, especially with that deadbeat husband that she had to play off of. Thank you. It was a little unfortunate. I thought her acting was on point. I really enjoyed her. I thought she played her role well. I thought um, the scene in particularly where she reacted to the birds hitting the window um, when all the birds came into the house windows or, or ran into them. Um, mm-hmm. I thought her mm-hmm. reaction was was pretty visceral and real. I don't know. I think I agree. I think she she was given a, a <laughs> shitty husband in the movie and she was doing what she could. I think she did it well. I thought she was good. God bless her. <laughs> maybe we sh- maybe we should set up, you know, some of the the kind of t- terror that Christine you haunted at some of it that they're dealing with that leads them on this journey to finding out that after all of course it's aliens I mean we get like a I think maybe the first instance I don't remember we have a very kind of like poltergeist ripoff scene where everything in the the kitchen and dining room has been stacked on top of each other yeah some someone's been as Wallace would say someone's been peckish in the night there's all the all the all the cupboards are open and the food's all out um there's there's dishes and shit arranged in the kitchen to project yes. you know alien rooms on the yeah. ceiling uh-huh. and they call the cops and the cop is like looks like someone in the house is a mathematician and that's the, <laughs> they leave it at that oh and yeah then, the, the cops like they, they they're some of the worst i've ever seen in a movie i think <laughs> like it, it gets to the point where the the evidence is just incontrovertible is that the word i want to use yeah you yeah. can't you can't argue with it it's right there and they're like oh you got a clever kid you better keep a better eye on him either you can make th- thousands of birds fly into your house apparently and not hit anyone else's lawn well it's either a clever kid or um a sleep eater Somebody who yeah. sleepwalks down to the fridge and apparently eats everything in the fridge. Well, you got one of those on your hands. Yep. You know, things go missing. All their family portraits go missing. Um, I actually really are... like that scene. Uh, oh, I would that literally shit my pants. <laughs> shit my pants so hard if I saw that all of the pictures in my picture frames were gone. Do you know how much time that would take a kid to do, <laughs> first well, of all? Well, especially how quickly it happens, yeah. you know, and all the frames are put back perfectly. I really like that. I don't know if I've seen that in a movie before. Yeah, a lot of this other too. stuff I have, but that was a nice little touch. Yeah. Yeah, it didn't do a lot for me. Either. <laughs> but <laughs> I'm glad it worked for you guys. <laughs> you know, just things like that. And then there's this recurring thing of like, you know, are the kids being abducted by aliens? No, not quite. The younger one especially keeps being, you know, led out of the house into the night. He keeps waking up screaming. He keeps like going into this catatonic state, even in the middle of the day where he's like seemingly under supernatural control. Pissing his like pants that. at the playground. Pissing his yeah. pants at the I mean, who hasn't? But um, <laughs> but not in as terrifying a manner as this. Not in as terrifying a manner, or as yeah. Um, so we it just kind of all builds up, and then yeah, like Christine said, you know, three flocks of birds descend on the house and all kamikaze themselves into the into the siding, and the the EPA comes out like they did in Block Island Sound. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> and they're I like, love these yeah. connections. <laughs> <laughs> so you know we're just built and and again it's a little bit boring to us because we're like all right there's aliens there's a mothership over your house when are you gonna <laughs> figure it out and they don't really figure it out and i'm wondering are, are we gonna see an alien in this movie and eventually we do and i thought that was pretty terrifying it's always scary when you see an alien uh well i i would disagree <laughs> you need you need to see the christopher walken movie communion which i've mentioned a couple times before where he dances with the aliens on the mothership at the end of the movie and like that's, that is not right. scary. well that's not you know that's not what i'm talking about when it's I supposed say it's to be scary, scary though see an al- is it supposed to be scary i mean it's supposed to be fucked up oh. like yeah i don't know anyway i'm just being contrarian here yeah it's always scary when you see an alien anyway unless they're uh, dancing 
Um, uh, well, Christine, you know, you're, you're the only one, uh, on this program who has, you know, children. So I was wondering, you know, if the sort of, uh, maternal paternal protection stuff resonated with you at all, were you feeling for this family and the, the kids acting strange in the night and on the verge of abduction? I did it shake you in a, in a spot you didn't want to be shaken. I've been shaken more by other movies that involve things happening to children. I will say, you know, that one of the scenes that we get is that um, the youngest son is being watched by Carrie Russell's friend and they go to the pool and Mm. he pulls the shirt up a little bit and they see they see like some purple marks on his on his side or his back or whatever. And then, no you know, bueno. I didn't like that. Yeah, the the friend, you know, the adult rushes over and she's like, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna check really quick. You know, I just want to see what's under your shirt. And she pulls it up. And there are all of these. I don't know if they're supposed to be fingerprints, but all of these like purple bruises that look like just somebody just grabbed like like a rag doll just grabbed him over and over and over again on his on his torso and his stomach and she immediately you know pulls the shirt down and then everybody at the pool is looking at they've her they've all seen it they've all seen it <laughs> um it looks incredibly painful and i would i would be losing my mind i would have been out of the house a long time ago but that's just me um but like at that point, that's your reputation's ruined. Everyone's going to think you're an abuser. Well, and simultaneously, well, it's not even her kid. Like that's the most fucked up. Part. <laughs> <laughs> <It's> like- <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> she looks like she looks like the child abuser. But yeah. simultaneously, there's that other scene where the oldest kid is with that that other bratty older kid that's his friend. What do they call him? Oh, rat? Yeah, we should say that's that's one of the subplots here. We've got the 13 year old kid's been hanging out with an older kid who's like I don't know 15 or something. Yeah, and this kid's just like you know psychopath. Yeah, um, he's like Sid from Toy Story almost, like yeah. a grown up Sid. Well, his last name is. Is it Radner or Ratner? Is it Brett Ratner? But the dad calls him Ratface. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I hope it's Ratner. That would be hilarious. It very fitting. Yeah. So, so this so this kid is out in the woods with him with Ratface, and he has like a what like a paintball gun or something. Something like that. It's like an airsoft yeah. gun. Yeah. Yeah. It seems large caliber for an airsoft gun. Yeah, and but it's, it, I think it's supposed to be an airsoft gun. Right, and he's he's chasing his his quote-unquote friend through the woods and he's hitting him with it and then all of a sudden the kid stops and his eyes roll in the back of his head and he has some kind of a weird episode stroke thing and then, you know, he ends up in what, the hospital and then the doctor comes out and is like, "Well, nothing's wrong with them, but uh probably child abuse." So, he he no. they end up finding branded runic symbols on him the same mm-hmm. kind of symbols that we saw up on the ceiling um towards the beginning of the movie with all the the pantry items that have been moved out onto the counters so um Which you just I, it defies you know the imagination what the hell is going on in the spacecraft it's like they're doing all this crazy shit to these like you got the one kid who's who they're like branding it i guess as some sort of tracking system or something and then you have the other kid where they're just, they're, what, they're just grabbing they're him? Squeezing and him, I guess. Them. They're that, ripping him. Honestly, if I saw that on my kids, I would probably lose my mind. I mean, I'd I be don't... like, no, no more Ramstein CDs for you. <laughs> 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 honestly, though, I wouldn't be worried about my youngest because, like, you know, he's the horror king of this family. So I would be more scared of whatever they're trying to get him than, you know, of him being gotten. But um, mm. that's besides mm-hmm. the point. Should we? I feel like we should. I feel like we should try to review it and then get into deeper detail in the spoiler room because we've already spoiled the movie. And I just like. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, I mean, kind look, of, we yeah. know it's aliens. The fact yeah. that it's aliens is not a spoiler. Yeah, there are some there are some landmark phenomenon that we've talked about, but you know the 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 real spoiler of what the real threat is and how how it's resolved that's um that's that's that gets a little twisty and that's what we'll be talking about in the spoiler room but uh but i agree we 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 should review it and uh christine why why don't you go first i'm gonna say cue it i actually did enjoy this movie but i may also just have some some love buried down deep i didn't realize for carrie russell um if i may interrupt you, uh, you texted me and you said quote 
I freaking loved it. <laughs> I just got done with the movie and I freaking loved it. I, I'm saying... But now it's a cue-it. It's a cue-it. It's a cue-it. <laughs> it is a cue-it because I feel like alien movies aren't for everybody. And I feel like there's a lot of things in this in this alien movie that are in other alien movies. And I think that some people just wouldn't be their thing. So can I do both? Can I do like view it if you are into that kind of thing? But cue it the, if you're like listen, unsure. It's, 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 a, it's a subjective rating. So just there, however is, you feel about it. That is it. how I feel about it. If you enjoy alien movies, view it. If you're on the fence, cue it. You should watch it eventually. But um, but yeah, I definitely mm-hmm. thought there were some interesting scenes in it. And, uh, and yeah, I, I did really freaking love it. Okay. Steven. <laughs> You know, what did I give the Block Island sound? Did I give that a cue? We give that a cue it. Then I, oh, then unfortunately I have to give this a screw it, I think, just to be fair. But I did enjoy it. I just think, like, among, like, in the company of, I love alien movies. We'll get into it in the spoiler room, but I was obsessed with aliens and terrified by them as a kid. I had an, a UFO encounter that maybe I'll get into as well. Um, it's a, one of my biggest fears, being abducted by aliens. Oh, we're going to, we're, I'm going to make you talk about that in the spoiler room. I'll talk about it as much as I can without rambling on too long because it is a very long story it's a long build-up um if you want to hear the full story next motor city nightmares buy me a drink um, <laughs> but in the company of in the company of signs in the company of fire in the sky um or even block island sound like this just doesn't this feels very boilerplate by the numbers it has its charming moments but I gotta give it a screw it if i'm putting it up against those films chris yeah, I was really on the fence, but I, I think I agree with you. I guess I'll have to say screw it. Um, I, I, I don't dislike this movie that much, but it's just, it's awfully generic. And there's just, a, for everything that I did think was interesting or novel or spooky, there's like, you know, a 10 minute block of stuff that I didn't think was well executed or stuff I'd seen better in other movies, like the Block Island sound. <laughs> um, so I just, I can't really recommend anyone putting this in their queue um, i don't think it you know there's certainly better alien movies to watch it didn't really give me the fear of aliens that i have felt even in mediocre alien movies i remember mm. i saw the movie the fourth kind which is like a found footage alien abduction movie and it's and, and i remember vividly like this woman is telling the story of like when the phenomenon started and she talks about how there was an owl and every night she would wake up inexplicably at like 3.23 in the morning and she would look to her window and there'd be an owl staring right back at her through Ooh, the window. Fuck that. And that scared the <laughs> fuck out of me. And I was like going to bed like, don't open your eyes, Chris. You might see the owl. Her worst case, the butler. And, and there's just nothing like that in this movie. The the the, the shadow people were kind of spooky, but we, we, we do see too much of them. I, I hate to say it. And there's just not a lot of it. Not a lot in this to, to give it a recommendation. But God bless them. God bless them. I don't know. Have these people made anything else? It doesn't look like the writer-director had much <laughs> has, of a career has, after this. Has Jason Bloom made anything else? <laughs> <laughs> no, Scott Stewart is the director, and he... Did oh he did a segment in holidays which I didn't oh, watch for the show which one? but he which one he did he did Christmas oh he yep. wrote and he wrote and directed it and that is his last credit oh. on IMDb is oh. he alive oh no <laughs> he's weirdly inactive he must be doing commercials or something now anyway yeah that's that's a little bit of a bummer because I don't feel like this was like poorly directed or poorly written it's it felt like like a first feature you know yeah. that would kickstart someone to fame to become like a a James Wan maybe yeah, it's maybe. very commercial it's, it's Although, for sure very commercial James Wan's first feature was saw so <laughs> not quite the same <laughs> yeah different league all right. Well, we'll go down to the spoiler room. We're going to buy Steven a beer and listen to this UFO story. And we're going to tell you everything that happens once the family finally, finally figures out that there's aliens afoot. 
Uh, but before we do that, you know, as always, we like to remind you to go online. If you can't get enough of us, you can go to everyhorrormovienonnetflix.com. You can follow us on Facebook or Instagram or Twitter at amoncast, E-H-M-O-N-Cast. Uh, you can buy some merchandise from us if you want. We sell t-shirts and things like that. You can go to your podcast service and you can give us five stars and you can say, oh my God, I love the show so much. Uh, but I disagree because I thought Dark Skies was very scary and well done and we'll say thank you for the feedback you're a great fan (laughs) do all that kind of stuff we love to hear from our fans we like being engaged with everybody in between episodes Uh, so with that said let's let's uh, you know let's go outside and and maybe uh, up into the mothership and and see if there's a spoiler room up there yeah the spoiler room in the sky Welcome aboard. We're up in the mothership getting ready to spoil everything about Dark Skies. But first, we're going to spoil the secrets of Steven's experience. What What the hell? So you had a close encounter. Um, yeah, I don't know of what kind. What are the different kinds? Like third is like you actually like see them face to face, right? Or is that fourth? This is important. So I'm going to look this up. I Back in, in fourth grade, I could have told you the taxonomy off the top of my head uh, i could have I as well you yeah. want to know what's hilarious um i was so obsessed with aliens that for this <laughs> is like almost embarrassing but <laughs> i think kind of awesome for the science fair one year i like researched ufology a pseudoscience and like made that my project oh that's and, awesome like, had like a, a clay carving of a gray that my mom helped me a lot with i'm sure i i wonder if it's still around um and yeah, back then I would have known off the top of my head what each different kind was. Okay. Well, yeah. All right. It's it's a lot more simple than I thought. Close encounter of the first kind is when you see it, but you got to see it pretty close up and you have to see some detail. Otherwise, it's just called like lights or whatever. <laughs> so, Gosh, the, mine, mine might just be lights, but it scared the shit out of me. The, anyway. first, ki- the first kind is when you see the UFO. Okay. A close encounter of the second kind is when the UFO interferes with the environment. Okay. We're talking crop circles. We're talking animals freaking out, things like that. Sensations. Maybe a burned out crater from where it landed. A bird kill, perhaps. And then the close encounter of the third kind is when you see the alien. Okay. And then in the movie, the fourth kind, they add one where they say the fourth kind is when they take you. Oh, so there is no like accepted fourth kind um well well, yes i mean but it's been added on to the original taxonomy because you know back in back in the day people just like ufos it was like you know (laughs) farmers seeing shit and and they had to classify it and then the the phenomenon of alien abduction i think came after the ufo sightings oh yeah that makes sense yeah well so i'll tell you the the short not so scary version of my story because I, I, I want to hear a, 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 the scariest yeah. version you can muster right now. I'm I don't turn off the light. I, I don't have it in me, um, but I promise. Also, because I haven't really thought about it in a very long time. At one point, I was I actually shot part of a documentary about it, like Errol Morris style, with talking head interviews with everyone involved, explaining because oh I was interested in how the stories might line up with each other or not. I can tell you that everyone involved in the story remembers it and was impacted by it and still thinks about it. So whether or not it was a UFO, I mean, we couldn't identify it, but whether or not it was aliens, it did uh, leave a, a lingering impact that lasts to this day. So I was probably nine or ten, along with my brother. We were be- being babysat by my aunt and uncle who had... Uh, five children, two older boys, two girls, and then a younger boy who was like six at the time, probably. Aunt and uncle are gone for some reason, like out running errands or whatever. It's fall. It's dark. If you walk outside of my cousin's house or my aunt and uncle's house and you turn to the right on the street, there's a water tower and then like, I don't know, just hundreds or thousands of acres of land that is just like cordoned off with barbed wire fencing, whatever. So that's an important detail. Um, Aunt and uncle are gone. The rest of us kids are playing, doing things that kids younger than them did. And they 
kicked us all out of the house completely barefoot at night. <laughs> and we didn't know what to do. So everyone's already upset, right? There's a there's a lot of other details in between where we're, you know, going to family friends' houses and some spooky stuff happened in each of those instances. But we can't find anyone. We can't find an adult to help us. So kind of a nightmarish scenario. As we finally make this journey and turn back onto the road, um, just a couple houses down from my aunt and uncle's house, uh, everyone stopped. I remember we were all kind of walking in a line parallel with each other. Everyone stopped and immediately started screaming and crying and running toward the house because we all saw this enormous kind of circular shape with large sort of tube-like lights on it gradually spinning and lowering behind the trees. And there was no sound. It didn't look anything like a helicopter, but we've all talked about this, and there's no way that it could have been because we would have heard it very loudly. It was maybe... um, a quarter of a mile away at, at the furthest. And that image has been burned into my mind of not only the craft, but more so just the immediate terror that everyone felt knowing that there's, we don't need words right now. We all understand why this is scary and we have to run and we have to get home. And weirdly enough, my uncle showed up, pulled into the driveway, like almost the moment that we got back to the house, the way I remember it, and let us in. And then my aunt came home, and then we told everyone the story, and I don't know if any of us slept that night. I became even more obsessed with UFOs uh, after that event. I know my youngest cousin, uh, the boy, Trace, who was about six at the time, uh, he is still obsessed. He probably listens to Art Bell regularly um, all these years later. So wow. that that was my that was my story, and I I guess the question that I'm stuck with is, what like do, what do I believe I saw, and I don't know, like I don't believe that it was aliens, but I also have never been able to explain it any other way, and I uh, the others involved kind of feel that same conviction. When did this happen? Like I I think I said I was about nine or ten, so about okay about twenty three so, so years pre, ago pre millennium. Yes. <laughs> Pre-9-11, maybe more importantly. Absolutely. Huh. That's so crazy. Look forward to the, look I can't forward explain to the, it. And there's much there's much more to the story, but I mean, we could do a whole podcast episode on it. Again, buy me a beer at Motor City Nightmares. Patrick can attest. <laughs> I can tell this story in a way that will shit the pants off you. Maybe even if you already know the ending. Shit the pants off you? What does that even mean? I love it, though. <laughs> Didn't even realize that came out of my mouth. But look forward to the documentary. I should get back to working on that. All right, I'll, I'll, I don't really have a UFO story, but I have... You, you I, got I, something. I saw something unexplainable that I thought maybe was a UFO, because I was looking for UFOs. Um, and I, I'm going to bring it up in the hopes that a listener who's smarter than I am can send us a, a note and say, this is what you saw, and I'll finally okay. have peace. I was in my backyard. I, I grew up in a in like a ranch house in the country, surrounded by fields on all sides, like no nearby neighbors. Um, and I was out in the backyard with my dog, and... I like looked up and, you know, out in the country, you have like long power lines, you know, that you can see, you, know, you got the big like tower antenna, like power conductor things. And then the lines that like come off from that to the whatever I saw a, there was a, I think a power cable, maybe a telephone cable, something like that, some sort of cable. And I don't know what the, what the t- cable was connected to. But it was mm. it was definitely like you know in the sky, kind of not too far from me, and I saw a like a star shape, glowing white light, moving slowly and silently like down the power line, and then it disappeared, and I have no idea what it was. And this was at dusk, um, so like I don't think the sun was out casting reflections but maybe so it was actually um, on the power line the light was on the power line i i don't know if it was on the power line or if it was just tracking the power line perfectly i know what this is i've heard of something like this before (laughs) is this a thing that power lines do (laughs) you're gonna hate me when i say this uh you guys remember the movie casper (laughs) 
<laughs> yes. With Devin Sawa. Uh, yeah. That's how so the ghost used ghost. to travel. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Oh my God, Christine! But but I remember I remember the the shape. It was like a diamond, like sort of like a curved diamond, like star. Maybe maybe not with four points, but maybe a couple more. And it seemed to keep its shape. Like it wasn't like a spark or anything. It kept its shape perfectly and was moving with so much control in this straight line that was along my visual tracking of the power line. Wait, uh, approximately how far away would you say the power line was? I'm just trying to gauge how be- how well you would have been able to tell how stable the shape I, was. I almost want to say it was on our property. Okay. I would say it couldn't be, like, I know an acre isn't a, isn't a, mo- isn't a measure of distance. Um, no. <laughs> let's see. I would, I would say within 50 to 100 yards. Okay. Interesting. I want to believe it's aliens, but I feel like I've heard a description of an electrical phenomenon exactly like this before, and I don't remember where it came from or what it was called. All right. Well, if but you're I'm, a lineman and you're listening, especially a Wichita lineman, to, please. Yeah, now's the time to send us a message and tell us what the hell I saw that night. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, Spooky. with uh, with our real life UFO stories out of the way, let's let's get back to dark skies and the you know the story takes a turn when they go visit our friend J.K. Simmons. You know him from Spider Man. You know him from Whiplash. You know him from uh, the Farmers Insurance commercials. <laughs> One of my good friends uh, through the screen, J.K. Simmons. Is it safe to say he's J.K. is the J of this movie? Or no? Does he reach that yeah. level for you? Uh, no, okay. no, he doesn't. No, he had. To, he would have to be hands on. I think. Yeah, that's what I was thinking yeah. too. Uh, but they go visit him. He's like you know, alien expert. They find him online. They go to his his apartment, and this guy, I, he implies that he's been abducted numerous times, mm-hmm. possibly every night, and he knows everything about these aliens. He has talked with countless families. He gives them some screening questions to make sure that like they're they're actually experiencing the real shit and they're not just, you know, attention seekers, whatever. And he's like, well, the bad news is this isn't, he says, this isn't the beginning of something. This is the end of something. They've been tracking you for a long time and now they're getting ready to abduct somebody and you're probably not going to see him again. And that's fucking scary. That is terrifying. And he also says it's probably the first uh, person that, that it made contact with. So they immediately think, you know, it's, they think it's the, it's the youngest, youngest boy because he's the he's the one who's being yep. drawn the creepy crayon drawings and talking about the Sandman coming at night and doing the things you yeah. you want yep. kids in a horror movie to do. So they're like, well, shit, like we're gonna have to come together as a family and fight this thing. So they they go home, they they buy guns, they get a big they, dog, they get a big ass <laughs> like aggressive German, German shepherd. shepherd. Yeah. They get plywood, they hammer up over the windows and shit. And this is this is this is where I would have ended the movie, frankly. <laughs> <laughs> because there was a really what I thought was a beautiful moment towards the end where uh, this family that's been been torn apart by its internal forces all movie finally comes together as a family unit and they have a family dinner together for the first time in the whole movie and they watch the 4th of July fireworks on TV because it's too dangerous to go outside yeah. but it's like it's there and 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 it, and it kind of dovetails with a moment that the that the husband talks about earlier where he was afraid because their oldest son like had a diff, you know difficult birth and he was like I was so scared but I knew that I would get through it with you my my loving wife and it kind of brings that around where it's like they're at this table. He's got a gun. He's got a dog. They got plywood over the windows. We know that there's a threat coming that's so much bigger than that. It's it's a, in another dimension, literally. Right. But they're just at the table together and they're the family and they're about to face it together. And I would have just ended the movie right there because I thought that was great. Am I crazy? No, no I-, I don't think you're crazy. I mean, it reminds me a lot of a, a movie that I think Patrick brought up on the show when we talked about Block Island Sound, Take Shelter, which has an ending that pissed a lot of people off, but I think is brilliant because... Well, don't the, spoil it. I won't spoil it, but the <laughs> family is finally united in the face of something, 
and the spoiler is what that something is and like how you feel about it afterward. But I thought I, I like that kind of ending. Sometimes I like a movie that, that, that builds up conflict between, you know, um, 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 among a family and it can sometimes be satisfying just to see one moment where they, they get together in the face of it and we don't even need to know what happens next. They'll deal with it. They've got it figured out now, you know, even if one of them has to die, they're stronger. I mean, because because J.K. Simmons leaves very little room for hope in this scenario. So, kind of what what's going right. to happen is kind of a foregone conclusion. You know, I don't think anyone thinks that like what the movie's going to end with a with an alien getting its leg bit by a German shepherd. <laughs> <laughs> That's going to be the end of the movie. They're going to be like, "Oh, we got him! Yep, he's running." <laughs> we turn on the floodlight and the aliens run away through the backyard. No. Or they they manage to kill it with a shotgun before it fires off its laser cannon and <laughs> incinerates right. all of them instantly. We know it's not that kind of movie. And so yeah. just kind of resolving kind of the dramatic arc of the movie, which is this family that's been at odds in so many ways, finally coming together as a family, and they don't know what's going to happen, but they're there. I thought that's all I needed. But, I mean, I'm weird, and probably most people would have been pissed off. My friend who was, you know, on, on a date when he was, you know, 16, watching this movie in the theater, probably wouldn't have enjoyed that so he would have remembered the movie though <laughs> yeah <laughs> Maybe. the aliens basically show up and you know there's some spooks and and they they do some interdimensional stuff that's kind of spooky where the kids like you know have the kid has a vision that he's in this other house he has a vision that like the husband has like killed everybody and it's all neither here nor there long story short their defenses fail um and a kid gets taken but plot twist it's not the little boy that we thought it was going to be it's the older boy because the older boy was actually touched by aliens at his birth and that's one of the reasons he had like allergies and he almost died as a child as a baby so it's like oh we got you it wasn't the one kid it was the other kid but at the end the kid's still taken and and it didn't work there was a great great thing where uh they're hiding from the aliens and america the beautiful's playing off the tv (laughs) (laughs) And and one of the rules of cinema is you never hear America the Beautiful playing in a movie unless it's ironic about a commentary on America. <laughs> and I I think that's kind of what they were going for because you know there are some sort of threads of you know what life is like and and I think they attempted to say something about the alienation present in America and the uh, the economy and things like that um, throughout this thing and how the family is kind of driven apart by economic forces and things like that. It's not very well developed. No, but I, I, I the threads play, are there though. It's all there. It's just not pulled together very well. And that right. moment was kind of cringe for me. <laughs> right, and that's it. They take the they take the little boy. They take the boy. They take the thirteen year old boy. Well, that's Into not space. that's not totally it because then the parents are being investigated for child abuse, or they think that they're the ones who you know killed or did something with their missing son, right? And they move, they're unpacking, and mm-hmm. uh, the youngest kid they hear something funny, and the youngest kid pulls out his um, walkie-talkie, and they can hear the oldest son calling out his name. I think is what he says. And that's yeah, where I we end. So. <laughs> I was so disappointed. I was so disappointed because there was that unpacking scene and I didn't think it was going to go there. And I thought in my head, if I were right in this movie, I would have, I would have, you would hear him on the walkie talkie. You would bring the walkie talkie back, but it would be the most chilling transmission of all time. Like, Steven, I'm thinking of the end of Prince of Darkness. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> like, that thing scared the shit out of me. And I forget what even that is. I just remember there's a transmission that scared the shit out of me at the end of Prince of Darkness. I was like, I want to hear something terrifying. I want to hear this kid saying something that keeps me up tonight. And he, I can't, and he's like, ah, and that's it. I, I would argue against that. I, I feel like I remember he, him saying the kid's, his brother's name, uh, Sam. Sam. He says Sam or he yells Sam or something like that. Maybe I'm remembering wrong. But the 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 shot where Carrie Russell is like kneeling, I don't know if it's by a bed or what, she's kneeling down and she looks over when her youngest son picks up that walkie-talkie. I can't even put into words how horrible that would feel as a mom 
going through this weird fucking scenario and her kid is gone and she hears him, but there's nothing she can do about it. So I would argue against that and say it was really chilling, but good, good. I'm glad I had that response <laughs> to you. I was just, I, I didn't respond much to that at all, but I, I really appreciate your experience with it, Christine. I was just like frustrated that it ended this way because it left, I think for me, it left more troubling upsetting questions as an ending than it would have if it ended where Chris thinks it should have ended because I'm like, how the fuck like your, your life's already so difficult to begin with. Now everybody thinks you're child abusers. Your kid is missing. You know, it's aliens. Nobody's ever going to believe you. Like, what is that life like? And I just felt really sorry for these people at the end of the movie. I thought it was a really bum note to end on. Definitely not a happily ever after. <laughs> and not a it, not a happily ever after and not like a like a creep show stinger of a horror ending, you know, with a little bit of a, a nasty twist of the knife. I felt like it set it up for a sequel and I was kind of like, is there a sequel to this? I don't think I would want to watch a sequel to this, although I did really enjoy this movie. I think the sequel would be super cheesy for whatever reason, but um it seemed like it set it up for a sequel. Give me a sequel where it's like 10 years later and the, the younger boy is 18 and he's still got his walkie talkie and he's here and uh, he's in contact with his brother who's somewhere in space and he teams up with the near do well kid who's now like, you know, 26. <laughs> he's a realtor now. Okay, I might watch that. <laughs> <laughs> and and they, they come up with a plan to, to go get to the mothership and save the boy. <laughs> But then they get, finally get on the mothership, and he's like, just he's all vivisected. Oh my god! All, <laughs> like, oh god, we we can't take you Christ. out of here. <laughs> and then they become gray aliens. They say, if you can't beat them, join them. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I want to see that movie. Um, do I want to see the movie we're watching on the next episode? Though that's the question. Is it, are, we gonna, are we going to uh, are we going to go full alien month, Chris? We are not going to go full alien God month. God damn it. Uh, it's, it's it's my <laughs> turn to pick and you know it's uh, there's a movie I wanted to pick there's actually several movies I want to pick. One of them in particular uh I think you would have really appreciated, but unfortunately I feel responsible for a Halloween pick because you know this next episode's coming out uh November 4th. We're going to be watching and discussing this over Halloween. So you need to have a horror movie with big Halloween energy. And I think I've talked about this before. Not all horror movies are appropriate for Halloween. There's a difference between a horror movie and a movie that has Halloween energy. So I decided we're going to watch a movie that was mentioned tonight and a movie that I actually saw in the theater with Christine, (laughs) The Conjuring. Yes. Oh, I would. Yeah, that's got Halloween energy. Yeah, it's got some. Ho- it was either that or Insidious Chapter Two. <laughs> oh shit! Um, but I figured let's do The Conjuring, and uh, yeah, some spooks, some scares, some James Wan uh, Halloween thrills, and uh, that's what we're gonna do. Well, I'm sure it'll help us conjure up a great conversation. A modern classic, or is it? We'll find out. We'll find out. All right. Well, I guess that's that. <laughs> I don't know what else to say. <laughs> we will see you then in two weeks to discuss The Conjuring. Um, until then, you know, as always, like I said, find us on social media. Let us know what you thought of Dark Skies. Hell, let us know what you think of The Conjuring. Maybe you can you can prejudice us before we do our reviews. I'm certainly going to need it. <laughs> well, until then, for every horror movie on Netflix, I'm Chris. I'm Steven. And I'm Christine. See you next time.